The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Success Inside with host Aparna. On today's show, you'll hear the stories from the successful individuals that are making a difference in this world. Living with passion, with their wisdom and ideas, we hope that you are inspired. Now, here's your host, Aparna. Welcome to Success Inside this morning with Voice America Talk Radio. My name is Aparna, and I'll be your host. And I'm very excited this morning to have here with us uh, Paul Zelizer. Paul, it's truly an honor to have someone here all the way from uh, New Mexico with a background such as yours. You have done so much on uh, conscious uh, conscious business, entrepreneurship, uh, conscious uh, mindfulness leadership training, and many other things. So I'm looking forward to our conversation. Oh, thank you so much for having me, partner. It's an honor to be here. Thanks. And uh, so we're going to jump right in, actually, and talk a little bit about uh, you've been doing a lot and traveling all over the world and speaking and so forth. So tell us uh, a little bit about, um, you know, what is conscious entrepreneurship? You know, my latest startup, Aparna, is called Wisdompreneurs, and it's a sync-up of two worlds that historically have not played together well. (laughs) Of course, I want to go right there, right? (laughs) Um, So my background is in the wisdom world, as is, you know, most of my tribe. And that world, for me, started in 1989, professionally, when I went to a graduate program at Lesley University in Cambridge. We were 12 miles down the road from John Kabat-Zinn, the founder of Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, and many of my professors were his earliest students. The office of Dr. Herbert Benson, he was at Harvard. He wrote the book called The Relaxation Response, which if you've ever used the word mind-body connection, you're standing on his research, whether you know it or not. And a wonderful woman named Joan Borisenko, who now lives here in Santa Fe, was doing behavioral medicine, mindfulness, and women's issues. She was looking at that. Uh, She was at MIT. It was a hotbed of really science-based awareness, mindfulness practices. And that's been the work that I've done ever since, 1989 to now, a couple of years, right? (laughs) So that's one world, is the world of looking at started with health benefits in particular, lowering blood pressure, great benefits for depression and improving mood, insomnia. I could go on and on and on of all the medical benefits of these kinds of awareness-based practices. And that's my background and training. And on the other hand, we have this global explosion of interest of entrepreneurship. We now understand that if you want to grow an economy, that 
you're much better off having lots of smaller, agile, synced-up companies than, you know, the, a classic mistake New Mexico often makes, you know, is we're looking for that one big company that's going to kind of come and save us. New Mexico sort of did this huge initiative to try to get the Tesla car factory to come to New Mexico, looking for those big, you know, not that that's bad, but if you look at the evidence and you really want to change an economy, and this is sinking in deeper and deeper across sectors, that entrepreneurship is small, agile, smart, innovative entrepreneurs who are synced up with each other and collaborating. That's the fastest way to positively change an economy. And these two revolutions or evolutions or whatever word you want to talk about have been happening for the past 20, 30 years in a very, very dynamic way. And they haven't played together well. Historically, there's been a disconnect between the world of inner-based practices and what's going on in the world of business and entrepreneurship. And over the past 10 years, particularly, that's radically changed. And a big part of that is a conference that a dear friend of mine named Soren Gordhammer, he used to live, we used to live across a horse pasture <laughs> uh, here in New Mexico, and his son plays with my daughter. And Soren created a conference called Wisdom 2.0, looking at the intersection of this very science-based, very grounded look at awareness-based practices and how that can be beneficial to the tech world. And that conference has exploded. There'll be 3,200 people there in February. And the growth of that community and who's in that community, you know, Google now has a mindfulness and emotional intelligence program called Search Inside Yourself. They've run 26,000 employees. They get incredible return on investment. Aetna Insurance and Ariana Huffington and Bill Ford, those, the CEO of LinkedIn, those are the kinds of people, some of the leading business leaders on the planet have got sense of the science of what happens when we bring these inner practices into business. And that conversation is happening at the highest levels in the world. Wow. Well, I'm glad to have you here because even in my own practices and uh, uh, experiences, all of these worlds uh, tend to collide. So one of the reasons why I created Success Inside was because I, as a professional, found both my worlds tended to collide since I um, have been on the spiritual path for all my life, and then I've also been in the business world most of my life. And as those two worlds tried to intersect, I found uh, a lot of changes happening within me uh, that were very powerful and yet um, things that I couldn't, you know, some of it I can't even explain, um, and, but it brings a lot of passion and joy into my life. And, and that's kind of what uh, I wanted to share with our audience. But you've got a, a lot of good work uh, going on here. I've been there since the advent of uh, Wisdom 2.0, I feel, since it was a small conference and now it's just massive. Um, so what are some of the... Um, things that you're seeing that are specific to, let's say, entrepreneurs versus um, other business communities like the Googles of the world, where um, this kind of a mindfulness uh, approach can be most beneficial? Oh, Parna, now you're, now you're in my sweet spot. <laughs> now I'm really good. I was already excited to talk to you, but now I'm really excited to talk to you. <laughs> so here's what we noticed. So I, was a direct, I became the director of social media for Wisdom 2.0. It was an incredible honor. I mean, I was getting coached about how to use this stuff 
mm-hmm. by the chief engineer at Facebook and the chief technology officer at Twitter. That was who was sitting in the audience, right? So I was in these incredibly beautiful conversations. And as a director of social media, trying to do my job well, you know, both online and off, going around the community at Wisdom 2.0. And what we found is about half or even more of the people who were sitting in the audience, even though it was created to the conference uh, ideal audience was somebody like a project manager at Facebook or a coder at Google. It was for the techies, more than half the people sitting in the audience based on our sort of collective assessment are, were wisdom entrepreneurs. They were leadership coaches who use mindfulness or awareness or somebody who developed an app or awareness. We're talking to a great app builder uh, who developed something called the culture of kindness, which is based on compassion research. That half the tribe sitting in the audience was that tribe. And we kept going to Soren and saying, Soren, it's wonderful to have the CEO of LinkedIn and Ariana Huffington and Eckhart Tolle and Marion Williamson on the main stage. And a big portion of the audience were the smaller wisdom-based entrepreneurs who wanted to talk to each other. Or there was a startup who got that the awareness of practices and the emotional intelligence practices could help them succeed. What about that audience? And he said, I'm so glad you guys are here, but that's not what this conference is really for. We really are clear we're here for the tech world and to have the conversation about tech and how do we use it mindfully. And you guys are always welcome, but that's not really what this is for. So we, he gave us um, a breakout session in Wisdom 2.0 2013, and we did a breakout session called Wisdompreneurs, specifically looking at this intersection. And we gathered up, I think we had about 150 people in the room, and the amount of excitement and energy was incredible. And as a way of staying in touch with each other, we turned to social media. And, you know, two weeks after the conference, we had 500 people in that Facebook group. And now we're up to over 11,000. We're talking to people all over the world about this exact conversation, the amount of interest and energy about how wisdom practices can help both the entrepreneur side of the um, conversation, for instance, Wisdompreneurs is in really active dialogue with Galvanize and other incubators who are birthing entrepreneurs who aren't specifically wisdom-based but understand that mindfulness and emotional intelligence practices, even if they're not on the surface a wisdom company but they're a tech startup or a food startup, we know now that it'll help increase their likelihood of thriving as well as bringing more entrepreneurial practices and mindsets to the wisdom practitioners of our day to help them relax into it's okay to use a word like marketing and you're not going to get struck down by lightning. (laughs) Like there are ways to do this with integrity and to help the wisdom people of the world to be more skillful as business people and not have to suffer so much financially as is traditional in a lot of spiritual and wisdom circles. So bringing together those two tribes is inc- it's a very dynamic conversation. It's much more emergent and earlier on than the more larger company because the Googles in the world and the Ford Motor Companies and the Harvard Business Schools, are te- they're bringing it into corporate. And in some ways, the corporate world is ahead of the entrepreneur world in this conversation, which is really funny because we're the ones who claim we're innovative and agile. We've been slower to understand emotional intelligence and mindfulness practices. But 
in the past year or two, we've just seen that conversation get a tremendous amount of traction, and that's what Wisdompreneurs is all about, and that's what I get to do all day long, and I am so blessed and honored to be a part of this conversation. Yes, yeah, so, you know, I, I noticed that you've been doing this since 1989, and a lot of these trends have um, just now over the last, I would say, five, six years really taken off. Um, what is it that you... Uh, you know, how have your personal uh, practices evolved over time and, um, you know, whether it's teaching the entrepreneurs or uh, working with some of these executives, uh, what are some of the big changes? Now, I, one thing I notice is that it's actually safer to mention the word mindfulness because before I know yoga and meditation and so forth, a lot of people were in the closet yogis, as I say, yeah. uh, rather than willing to really come out with it. Now it's accepted and exact, just like you said, I mean, Jeff Wiener from uh, LinkedIn and all, a lot of the CEOs um, are doing this and, and they're publicly open about it, let's just say. so. Chris Saka, who the Wall Street Journal called perhaps the most important businessman in America today. He's a venture funder, and he's, he has his fingers on the pulse of kind of what's the next hot thing in Silicon Valley. He was joking, it's hard to find somebody in the Bay Area who's not, somebody in the tech entrepreneur world who's not talking about mindfulness right now. And five years ago, it was a very, or Chris Sacco was one of the first people that Soren connected with who would openly talk about mindfulness, and Chris is now married to a yoga teacher, and he's, he's a mindfulness guy, although he's really funny about how awkward he feels doing yoga. He's, he's a very humble and kind of uh, makes fun of himself. But that, that, that change is really rare. And so, I mean, it's been really poignant. Soren, you know, seven or eight years ago, trying to find somebody in Silicon Valley who would openly talk about this stuff to Chris Saka now saying it's hard to find somebody who's not talking about that stuff in about seven or eight years. That's a pretty rapid change. I know, and that's what makes the business community really exciting right now, right, for people like us uh, who want to integrate this more and more into, or I, I'm in the process of integrating this more and more into my professional life. Um, it's, uh, it's a great time because now it's become um, safe. And, you know, now when you uh, say to someone, oh, I meditate, they say, oh, what type of meditation do you do instead of like, what is that? Are you crazy? <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can come out with it openly. Yeah. I mean, there's some environments where I was working at the um, U.S. Department of State, and a lot of the senior people who want to talk about this kind of stuff would uh, come behind, you know, they would close my office door and they would say, hey, I just wanted to check in with you and see if I'm meditating correctly. Mm-hmm. So it's still not talked about in like big boardrooms in in other parts. So being in Silicon Valley, I notice it every all day, every day. But when you get outside of here, there are still some places that are, and there are a lot of places who are still kind of seeing how to make that integration happen. So we're going to go into break here. But when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about how do um, executives and entrepreneurs really integrate this into their day to day lives. Um, so thank you so much, Paul, for being here this morning. Uh, we look forward to coming back. Uh, you are talking to Aparna with Success Inside Talk Radio.
Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Great leaders today have certain capabilities that set them apart. These leaders have discovered transformational leadership. Now you can discover the same ideas, insights, and programs that have led them to success. Inside Transformational Leadership, hosted by Kate Ebner, is produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. We'll explore these stories and concepts every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. You're tuned in to Success Inside. To reach Aparna or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Aparna at bcorporateyogi.com. Now, back to Success Inside. Welcome back to Success Inside. This is Aparna, your host this morning, and I have here with me Paul Zelizer, Paul is a leader and um, a successful uh, coach uh, and CEO of Wisdompreneurs, and he is here to share with us insights on how we take all this stuff that we hear about mindfulness, meditation, and mind, and most importantly, how how do we take this and incorporate it into our own practices as executives, as busy professionals? What are some of the changes and um, that we can adopt now so that we can become more mindful? Paul? Yeah, great question, Aparna. One of the things that we were just talking about right before the break is that sense of, like, is it really safe to talk about this stuff? And if, as somebody who's studied the human nervous system and talked to people who've studied it in incredible depth, spent entire lifetimes dedicated to this, what I would suggest is that help making ourselves, creating safety for ourselves. If you're an executive or you're an entrepreneur who's moving in a space where you know, if you go to Wisdom 2.0 and you talk about mindfulness, you're not taking much of a risk there. <laughs> it's pretty safe yes. to talk about it, right? But if you're operating in a space where it's less safe to talk about, one of the first things I would suggest is take a look at the research. Let your nervous system have an experience that this is not 
out there, woo-woo, crazy people stuff. Um, so I could think of many, many examples, but an example, a real advocate for mindfulness and emotional intelligence and wellness practices like yoga is the CEO of Aetna Insurance, Mark. And Mark uh, has an incredible story where there was a ski accident and he, like broken bones and, you know, very, very, very serious health challenge, life-threatening health challenge. And wisdom practices like meditation and yoga help nurse his family member back to health. And it got his attention, and he started experimenting at Aetna Insurance with these kind of practices. And as they started to look at the data, it became pretty clear. The first round, they thought they were getting an 11 to 1 return on investment in these kind of wellness programs. And nothing else Aetna was doing had anything like an 11 to 1. You spend $1, you get $11 return. They tried a lot of things. They're an insurance company. They have, you know, they have people who crunch data like this for a living. And they got really excited. So they invested more time, more energy, and more money into these kinds of pilot programs. And they came back and they said, uh-oh, nope, we were wrong. It wasn't 11 to 1. It was 17 to 1. Right? Wow. So I mean, how did, what, every dollar you invest, you get $17 back in terms of profitability, reduced health care insurances. When they really looked at the holistic program, nothing Aetna had ever done ever came close to that kind of return on investment. That's impressive because uh, the fact that they were tracking um, that throughout the study, and so what were the what were some of the the things they were doing differently during this uh, for the study participants? They had them in mindfulness-based stress reduction classes, yoga. Um, looking at those kinds, yeah, those were the two main interventions, and and also some um, awareness-based. Uh, information about exercise and diet. Those are the primary interventions. I don't have it in front of me, but those are the three that I recall. Meditation or mindfulness practice, yoga, and awareness practices around food and and exercise. Um, So there's a lot of data out there. If anybody's interested, two books I'd highly, highly recommend that you read. One is called Search Inside Yourself, which was written by Ming Tan, who just, just like this week or last week, just retired from Google. But he was the one who went to his bosses at Google and said, we need to bring mindfulness and emotional intelligence to Google. And they gave him permission to do a pilot program because Ming was fluent in the data. He was able to talk about mindfulness and emotional intelligence and ultimately partnered with John Kabat-Zinn, sort of the grandfather of the mindfulness movement, and Daniel Goleman, sort of the grandfather of the emotional intelligence movement, especially in business. And the foreword, there's two forewords to Search Inside Yourself, one by John Kabat-Zinn and one by Daniel Goleman. So um, that book is really helped. How did Ming language this stuff to his bosses at Google, where now Google offers this program to everybody at Google, from janitor to CEO, for free because the return on investment is really good for Google. So that would be one book I'd recommend. The other book just came out last week. It's a book by a client of mine. Her name is Catherine Bell, and the um, book is called The Awakened Company. And to give you an example, when they did a book launch, this is in Calgary. This is not Silicon Valley. This is Calgary. And it's a search company that Catherine works for called Blue Arrow. 
that she gained the experience of bringing mindfulness and emotional intelligence into doing searches for very, very traditional companies. We're talking the largest concrete conglomerate in North America or oil and gas companies up in Calgary and Edmonton. And Catherine and her team, they're a profit 500 company in Canada. That means they're, it's the equivalent of a Fortune 500 company here in the U.S., one of the top 500 profitable companies in Canada. And they've done that by very skillfully leveraging the research to make it safe for very traditional companies to start to look at things like emotional intelligence and how not paying attention to emotional intelligence factors contributes to unwanted turnover and as before you just put another warm body into the C-suite of a company that just spit somebody out, let's take a look at who are we being, what are our values, and how do we create a culture on an emotional intelligence level that's um, aligned with those values. And then let's find somebody new to replace the CEO or the chief marketing officer or whatever that fits those values. And when we place somebody, then they tend to stick. And Catherine or her uh, company, Blue Air, have been incredibly successful, like I said, uh, Profit 500 company and the research in the Awakened Company, as well as the real-world daily practices of how do they do this, is just it makes it safer when you have those business reference points of how people are doing this. Then your nervous system can relax into the practice itself rather than, yeah, that sort of closed-door experience that you've experienced and I've experienced, Aparna, like, is it okay to actually talk about this? Am I allowed to meditate? Or if I get found out, am I going to get fired, right? When you have the data and you know you're part of a movement that's science-based and rapidly growing, because it works and it gets results, then your nervous system can relax into the practices in a whole different way. Absolutely. Just sound, it's, uh, hearing that makes me want to just, uh, you know, take a deep breath and relax. <laughs> okay, we're not going to talk anymore. We're just going to meditate <laughs> for the rest of the show, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. So when I first started doing the show, that's exactly uh, what I wanted to do is, like, you know, to be mindful, you just have to do it. You don't need anything but yourself, the space you're in. You just have to be there and, and, and sit and breathe and just connect with your breath. So, um, you know, having said that, um, how do you envision um, there's a lot going on, uh, especially me being based in Silicon Valley. I see things happening all of the time around wisdom and around uh, conscious business now. We're to a point where I think we're just we have so many different people coming at it from so many different angles. Um, and certainly the scientific approach is really uh, instrumental in helping businesses move forward with this movement. Um, what do you uh, see are some of the trends that are going to be taking place uh, over the next year or a couple of years? It's a great question, Aparna. The two that are most exciting to me and that I'm most personally alive in and, and deeply entrenched in a good way in the conversations uh, one is that this conversation is coming to the entrepreneur world. Like, I, like we've been talking about the Googles and the, you know, Facebook has a compassion initiative as does LinkedIn. Um, Ariana Huffington has launched technology as in a huge, huge Wisdom 2.0. Uh, Ariana Huffington called Wisdom 2.0 conference her favorite place on planet Earth, right? So the, the larger business world, we have the models and the research is there and the etnas of the world are making it safe and it's 
showing up at the Davos World Economic Forum. It's overprescribed. Every time they offer anything for mindfulness, they have to lock the room and turn people away because they went from like one little tiny room to like one of the main themes of the whole event, and they still can't keep up with how many people want to go there. So those more established businesses, that conversation has a lot of traction. For me, what's exciting is we're now seeing it start to show up. We are talking to and developing partnerships with incubators and whole chains of incubators around how mindfulness and emotional intelligence, how do we bring this into the education of the next generation of entrepreneurs? For instance, the data tells us uh, an organization called Talent Smart just did a huge research study. They're a large search um, and consulting company around HR. And they did a huge research of 33 factors in business. And the number one predictive factor was this incredible data crunch that they did for success in business. 58% was the number they came out, which is a little lower than Daniel Goleman's original two-thirds. But we're getting the majority of business success is due to your emotional intelligence factors, not your training Good mentoring helps, but your emotional intelligence is more important than that. A lot of the things we've said create success in business are not as predictive as is emotional intelligence. Right? But if you look at the actual curriculum of a major uh, MBA program or an entrepreneurship program at Stanford or what the curriculum is in an incubator or an accelerator for entrepreneurs, these are supposed to be our world-class institutions for training the next generation. The, world, the word emotional intelligence is rarely, or even, rarely if ever, even mentioned. Right. We have Absolutely. a huge problem. <laughs> we have a huge disconnect from the reality of what creates success. We talk about marketing in an incubator. We talk about product design. We talk about legal stuff. Right? But there's nothing in most incubators, or if it's there, it's so incredibly short that we're completely ignoring the research that this is the majority of success, not some little soft skills add-on, you know, oh, yeah, asterisk, by the way, your soft skills kind of matter, sort of, you should pay attention to them somewhere in the process, and then let's go back to these other things. We need to change that, and that conversation is really alive and dynamic right now, and I'm really excited about that. Me too, actually. I, I will say I've actually taught uh, some seminars at Galvanize for uh, uh, one of the infusion groups that come in from an international teams, and we've worked through some exercises where we've employed mindfulness. So, you know, within just a two-hour session, it's amazing how much clarity uh, of purpose and focus we can get the entrepreneurs, CEOs to have after a session. We love Galvanize. They're one of our biggest advocates and for wisdompreneurs, and uh, we, we adore those folks. So uh, I don't want to leave anybody else out, but if we're going to name names, they've been incredibly responsive and proactive about wanting to – they already do more than most, and they want to deepen that, and we're really excited to be partnering with them. Yes, and so, um, you know, working with the uh, entrepreneurs there uh, or in any of these sessions, I mean, an entrepreneur's journey really, and this is where I think 
it's most helpful is that it's it's kind of a lonely journey, right? It's the CEO who has their dream and vision and passion that they want to share with the with the team uh, or with, and inspire others, right? And usually, I say it's paramount for entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs aren't making millions of dollars right away. It's a dream that they carry forward, and it's a path that they're on. But you know, so there are. The soft skills, as you say, the emotional intelligence and the other skills um, become really important. Um, and so that's why uh, this mindfulness movement for entrepreneurs is is critical, and especially as you're saying with the way the business communities are being, business as a whole is changing. I mean, I see around the world there are economies where 60 to 70% of the income is coming from small to mid-sized businesses rather than, you know, the traditional large corporates. If you want to have a thriving economy in the area you live in, that it, the research tells us, and just kind of intuitive, right, smaller companies tend to be more innovative, tend to have a better sense of what's coming next, it's really challenging for large companies, although there are some initiatives to try to build in more entrepreneurial thinking. But large companies just don't tend to move and shift very well. So if you want to have a continued thriving organization and you're not cultivating an active entrepreneurial culture, then uh, I would suggest take a look at the research because otherwise <laughs> I had a conversation with Tony Shea and I said, Tony, uh, the Zappos CEO, and I said, Tony, you know, uh, you know, I, I've got a certain amount of visibility, but you're like the head of a billion-dollar-a-year company. Here's what I teach my clients, and here's what we're working on in Wisdompreneurs. Are we off base? You know, are we, like, telling people something that's wrong? Because Tony's a real advocate. He's been a speaker at Wisdom 2.0 and huge advocate of positive psychology and emotional intelligence in business. And Tony said, Paul, you can tell people that Tony Shea says not only you're telling them things that are accurate, if you don't pay attention to this, and then, you know, in the economy that's coming, you won't survive. And that'll be true for whole regions and whole cities, not just, uh, you know, individual companies. If you're not cultivating the next generation of what, it's like a tree that's not paying attention to its root system, it will die. Absolutely. With that, actually, we're going to go into break. Thanks so much, Paul. And we'll come right back to Voice America, Success Inside. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. There are two types of leaders in business. Those who are nice, compassionate people. And frankly, they are the people who fail to get a lot done. Then there are those who can get everything done and so much more. But they are greedy, unethical, and self-centered. The Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks finds a way to use the best of both types of leaders to help you create a dynamic roadmap to success. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. 
you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You're tuned in to Success Inside. To reach Aparna or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Aparna at bcorporateyogi.com. Now, back to Success Inside. Welcome back to uh, Success Inside with... Um, Voice America Talk Radio. My name is Aparna, and I have here this morning with me Paul Zelzer. Paul is the CEO of Wisdompreneurs. He's uh, based out of Santa Fe, New Mexico. And, Paul, we're going to jump right in uh, and talk a little bit about um, more about Wisdompreneurs, especially as it, uh, as it relates to entrepreneurs and all the exciting things that uh, you're planning for this. Great. This is like my heart's work right now. It's my leading edge of my leading edge. So I would love to, Aparna. Great. Well, we're going to jump right in. So, um, what would you, what is happening with wisdompreneurs, uh, in, and especially as it relates to entrepreneurs, uh, what should we be aware of, and how do we, as an entrepreneur, how would I plug into this? Great. You know. My friend Soren started Wisdom 2.0, and one of the things that Soren thought a lot about when he looked around what was happening, and this conversation started about nine years ago. I think it's not, yeah, nine years ago now, that Soren started thinking about this intersection and, and then saw the need for a way to have conversations. Google was doing some very, very early emergent things, and Facebook was experimenting very quietly, and, you know, it was that earlier, like, shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> we're, we're doing, we're experimenting with this woo-woo stuff, right? And he wanted to find a way to make it safe. You know, during the week, during most of the year, Google and Facebook are competitors, right? right. And what he saw the need for was some way to create a space where people really kind of, at least during the when when something was happening under the wisdom 2.0 umbrella whether it was a you know the the main conference or the business conference or now there's conferences in Europe and they just had one in Asia um, that people would put aside whatever brand they're operating in and said hey this technology stuff is really powerful we need to put aside our different brands just to have some sacred space where we come together and talk about what's happening in the larger field. And Wisdom Soren's been incredibly effective at doing that in the wisdom and technology space. As we look around, my co-founder and I, her name is Allison Raby. Allison was also a team member at Wisdom 2.0. She was the director of volunteers. I was the director of social media, and the two of us started talking about 
how we needed the same kind of big tent experience. We have so many entrepreneurs, so many incubators, so many startups that are starting to, the light bulb is starting to go off. Catherine, like I said, just launched this book. And, you know, there's so many conversations happening. But what's happening thus far is lots of little, small, agile companies launching their own thing who aren't really talking to each other, many of whom don't even know that this is a global explosion happening. For instance, Catherine is at the leading edge up in Calgary, but she doesn't know about what the experiments are that are happening in Galvanize that we just you know, talked about or at least hinted at a little bit earlier in the show. We need a place for entrepreneurs who are interested in this conversation, wherever we are on on this continuum, whether we're more traditional wisdom practitioners, we went through a mindfulness-based stress reduction training or a yoga training, and we're bringing that into the work in startups and companies, or we're more traditional startup entrepreneurial type company who understands what this means for success, where do we go? That's the big tent where we put aside our brands and have honest conversation about the research and what's working and how do we language it that's bigger than any one of their, of our own businesses, right? That's why we launched Wisdompreneurs. We were, learned, we're literally born at Wisdom 2. We learned how to, or we certainly lived that experience of how do you create a brand that has that sort of big tent where we're not launching our own, you know, uh, Wisdompreneurs doesn't have a mindfulness program to sell to companies. We make it safe for people who are doing that work to come together and have honest conversations and share the data because otherwise we're coming from a place of ego, a place of isolation. My mindfulness program is better than yours even though I don't really understand yours. <laughs> or my research is all mine on mindfulness, but I'm not learning from the emotional intelligence or compassion people. That is an old, isolated, ego-based model that it's time Time for it to end. And in the wisdom entrepreneur sector, there's more of that than I wish, to be really, really honest with you. I, actually, I would say that in this space right now, that there's a lot of that happening in general, right? Because it's the dominant, it's so the dominant way of being, right? Yeah, I mean, there's so many brands of yoga and mindfulness and yeah. meditation that it's like, okay, well, mine is this, what's yours? And people are, you know, more and more putting their own name attached to this uh it always amazes me because we've come from a lot of this most of it is derived from you know the traditional yogic wisdom but now we have so many different names uh as individuals and like you said that's an ego place so we're really constricting rather than expanding and kind of living in an abundance economy Exactly. And, and it's, you know, I make my living right now, paulzelizer.com, doing marketing consulting and branding for this tribe. And I'm really grateful for paulzelizer.com, you know, like, and just by the name, duh, it's about me. And you know, not just my needs, I, I try to serve my clients, but it's been about, you know, putting food on my family's table. And I'm really grateful for that work. But it's time for us to be able to have a bothness where whatever... Perna or Paul or any one of us do to pay the bills under whatever brand, that's fine. I get it. That's the entrepreneurial initiative, and I love that. But if we're not ever stepping out of that into the larger conversation about what's happening in the space, yeah, then it's ego run rampant. And that's not what these traditions have invited us to do. We need that place where we come together and we have really honest, thorough, deep conversation 
about what's happening in this space and how do we all bring forth our gold and share it in the spirit of what these traditions have invited us to do. And that's the reason we've been working diligently for two and a half years to build a community like that that can hold the conversations where there oftentimes is a lot of energy. It is really vulnerable because, you know, if you're making your living doing something, is it safe to come talk about it in a larger context where somebody else who also teaches mindfulness to leaders or who also brings yoga into corporate or who also has an emotional intelligence program, is it safe to talk about it? Our job is to make it safe. And, you know, we do our best to listen and if it's not wisdompreneurs, somehow that's got to exist. Because if we don't do that, this whole thing is going to get taken over by ego. Absolutely. Well, great. You guys are doing great work. So what is um, the next kind of big thing that uh, is going to be happening with wisdompreneurs? We, we have a couple things that we're really excited about, Aparna. Um, one is we're in partnership with Wisdom 2.0. We are doing a day-long intensive on February 19th in San Francisco. It's the day before Wisdom 2.0 2016 starts, and that will be on the theme of wisdom and entrepreneurship, where we have leaders sharing in the spirit and a chance to dialogue and get to know other leaders in this intersection and start to build that kind of community that Soren started with, you know, seven or eight years ago with Wisdom 2.0, bring together the leaders, have honest conversation, name this dynamic that, wow, there's oftentimes a lot of competition, even though we, or at least a lot of vulnerability. We'll talk about that kind of stuff and start to put into place what is that safe big tent experience that wants to happen in this sector, which is very, very different than a large tech company. So that we're really excited about February 19th. We're about to uh, turn on the opportunity to buy tickets. So if you're interested, you can sign up for our newsletter at wisdompreneurs.com. The two other things we're doing that I just want to let people know about, one is we are working on our first book. Um, and in the spirit of the brand, it's not written by you know one or two or three people. It's a crowdsource book. It's called The Wise Entrepreneur. And we'll have all together over 150 different wisdom and entrepreneur leaders who have done really well and are on the growing edge of this space and are sharing practices, real-world practices that they use either in their business or they teach to their clients about what really works and have that experience of bringing together. You, get, you can get the feel of it, right? 150, we might even wind up with 200 people contributing to the book in that spirit of building the conversation of how do we create that big tent and also how do we create a resource that's bigger than any one of us so that somebody who's excited about this intersection of wisdom and entrepreneurship, just like Ming did the, uh, this sector who are interested in wisdom and technology, he did a huge favor, just a huge favor. Anybody who's interested in that needs to go in that intersection, wisdom and technology. You need to get the book called Search Inside Yourself because he goes into great detail about how Google came to say yes, what was the science he used, and what are the actual practices that a leading-edge program in this space was doing. That's our intent with The Wise Entrepreneur. What are people who are doing leading-edge work? What's the research they use and what are the practices they use to get it into incubators and companies and to create that resource that anybody who's interested in this can show 
their clients, their colleagues, and say, this is a real thing. This isn't just me being a wacko. This is actually one of the most dynamic things that's happening in the entrepreneur space right now. So that book will be out somewhere in the first part of 2016. It's called The Wise Entrepreneur. What a brilliant idea. I mean, just crowdsourcing the content and providing that kind of a tent um, is, is wonderful. You get a flavor for so many different things that are happening all in one place. Uh, so that's, that's very exciting, I think, that, uh, you know, just the ability to kind of integrate in the whole community is wonderful. Yeah, and again, if I if I wrote the book that I'm going to teach you how to be a wise entrepreneur, that I wouldn't really be practicing what I preached on this call, right? It really yeah, no. And as I work on my next book, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And as I'm working on my next book, it's definitely something to think about. Is you know, I I wouldn't want it to just be my experiences, but kind of a richer uh, experience, richer way of presenting mindfulness and abundance, you know, that's uh, the underlining principle behind all of this. Yeah. Beautiful. Sharing. So, um, well, with that, uh, so you've been doing a lot of traveling around the world. What do you see um, internationally uh, as a trend that's different than what we see here in the U.S. uh, when it comes to um, mindfulness? You know, there's, there, I would answer that two ways, Aparna. The mindfulness conversation as a wellness and uh, kind of a medical benefit, that's really dynamic. One of our advisory board members for Wisdompreneurs is Shamash Adalina in the UK, and he wrote the book Mindfulness for Dummies and is one of the first mindfulness teachers in the UK. Um, and that conversation about mindfulness as a whole is very dynamic. As a matter of fact, the UK, there's a conversation about declaring the whole UK a mindful nation. And they're using it in their education system. They're using it. There's a very um, exciting data coming out about experiments in the UK, about using mindfulness as a first-round intervention for depression, and they're getting incredible results. So the medical benefits and the wellness benefits of these practices are very well established in many places because it's been going on longer. The business and particularly the entrepreneurial conversations are much further behind the U.S. The U.S. is definitely the world leader about this conversation in a business and entrepreneurial context. And when I talk to people in Europe and Africa, I was talking to somebody in South Africa yesterday, and we just did an interview for a guy named Nick Jenkel in London who's talking about moving back. He used to live in uh, Los Angeles. He's a U.K. citizen. He's a leader in Europe, but he's just saying it's really hard to make a living as somebody who's doing this work in the business and entrepreneur space. The U.S. is far ahead in that conversation there, although the community is growing, and we're talking about partnering with people like Nick and other folks, if there's something going on overseas in this business or especially the entrepreneurial sector, then we're exploring how can we partner together and help um, bring some more uh, energy to it. But the, the U.S. is far ahead, especially in the entrepreneurial conversation, wisdom and entrepreneur conversation. Yeah, which is actually great, right? So it's a whole opportunity. I, I say it's, a, in, as we say in sales, it's a green field when you get outside of the U.S. And even within certain parts of the U.S., it's still, um, you know, in the early stages of being adopted, let's say. Sitting in California, it's easy for me to say, well, you know, it's everywhere. But 
uh, when you get into the business practices of some of the companies that are not based in California, uh, I, I still think um, the and you know that aren't like the Ford Motor companies of the world, and especially when we talk about entrepreneurs uh, across the board, it's still pretty early. And as an entrepreneur, I see that entrepreneurs are pulled in many different directions, right? So is it yet another thing that they need to be uh, put on their plate? Uh, or, you know, people see benefits right away when they practice it, but it's kind of like if you've never worked out before and they, you, you all of a sudden, someone tells you to go to the gym and it's like, <laughs> yep. well, you know, it's another 20, 30 minutes or what am I adding to my daily life? And, um, it's kind of an uphill battle. So that's why, how I feel when I am not teaching this in California, I feel that sometimes, you know, you're still having that gym conversation, you know, yes, you should work out. It's good for your health. Um, so, uh, it will be interesting to see how it evolves internationally, uh, especially, uh, and UK is, uh, is, is one of the big areas. I think also it will be interesting to see how it evolves in Asia, because uh, in certain parts of like India, for example, they do use a lot of these practices and it's becoming a little more common. Uh, and since it's ingrained in the culture, I think it's going to spread very quickly when people start adopting it. So, Wisdom 2.0 just did their first conference in Singapore. It was very well received for exactly that reason. So it's, it's earlier, it's more emergent, but this conversation is definitely growing worldwide. It's exciting. So uh, we are definitely on an exciting forefront, and uh, we look forward to uh, you know the event you have coming up uh, in conjunction with Wisdom 2.0 in February. And uh, are there any other as as we close out our show this morning? Are there any other things we should be doing as individuals? Uh, you know, what would be your um, last maybe sentence or advice that we could we could take here? You know, the main way we have to stay in touch with each other in this growing movement is we have a Wisdompreneurs Facebook community. It's a group on Facebook called Wisdompreneurs. That was just because when we did our first breakout session, we said, how many people are on Twitter? How many people are on LinkedIn? And the Facebook group was the group vote. Um, We have over 11,000 members. It's free. We've got people in Pakistan who have two hours of electricity a day, and we have some of the most successful um, wisdom entrepreneurs on planet Earth, you know, sharing information, practices, uh, really gritty stuff from what's the best headset to use for, you know, certain, you know, video conferencing or what's the best platform, a really much bigger conversation. So the Wisdompreneurs Facebook group would be a great next step for anybody who's interested. Thank you so much, for all, Paul, for being here with us this morning. We really appreciate your time. Look forward to seeing you uh, and joining in the Wisdompreneurs movement. Look forward to seeing you and meeting you in person, and thank you so much for having me, Aparna. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. Be sure to catch another edition of Success Inside with your host, Aparna, next Saturday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until the next show, have a great weekend and a successful week to come.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.